Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here, bringing you another episode of The Business of Podcasting. Today, I'm joined by a good friend, Will Wang, and we're going to be talking about the brand new podcast, Content Driven Business. Now, what's really different about this episode is the idea that this is actually a show I'm involved in. I'm starting a brand new podcast with Will from scratch, and I want to take you behind the scenes on that journey. So, in this episode of the podcast, we're actually talking about all the thinking and decisions that have gone into the design of this podcast, the topics we're going to cover, and how we plan to actually grow this along the way. Now, Will will be checking in regularly and coming on the show so we can give you an update. So this is Ground Zero in the first episode where we talk a lot about the setup and how we plan to grow and monetize, but then down the road, we'll give you updates along the way. You can see how this is doing and how we course correct. So a really different episode and something I wish I could have seen behind the scenes of when I was on my podcast journey. So I hope you're going to come along the journey with us. Now, I will include some links in the show notes so you can come and listen to this podcast as well. It will be very relevant to podcasters and cover a lot of the other content that we perhaps don't cover on this podcast. Now, Before we get into the actual episode, please make sure you do like and subscribe to the show. And I would encourage you to get on my podcast list, Podcaster's Edge, so you can get more behind the scenes updates on this podcast and the new show with Will. So to get that, I'll make sure to include a note in the description as well. Head over to valamedia.com slash Podcaster's Edge, and that will be in the description. So you can click on that easily or navigate our website. So let's head into the conversation. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Welcome to the podcast, Will Wang. How you doing, Will? Good, thanks, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. Ah, you are back on the show for a second time. Um, and today is going to be a really different episode than our first one, although if listeners do want to go and check that out, Will actually talks a lot about, I suppose we'll call it amplification. You're a lot about Facebook ads amplification and how you were using your uh, podcast to drive success in your business. But today we're doing something really different and I'm eager to dig into this one. Quite often people ask me the question of like, how would you approach podcasting if you were starting all over again? Like, what would you do differently? How would you think about it? And a unique opportunity has come up where me and Will are actually starting a podcast. And I wanted to bring him on this show so we could go through the thinking behind it and what it is. So for anyone out there that's maybe in the early stages or even an existing stage that's wanting to kind of reinvent or redevelop their show, they could make some adjustments or perhaps take some of this on board. So Will, are you excited for this one? Yeah, this is going to be great. I'm uh, going to reveal reveal everything. So um, it's going to be good. Well, let's start there. What is the podcast? Um, I suppose, what's the topic of the podcast as well? Explain the context. Yeah, so um, the podcast itself is called Content Driven Business Podcast. And it's really focusing on um, how small business owners can really leverage content the right way, get it produced quickly and effectively and use it to drive results in their business, whether it's sales or brand awareness or what whatever it is. The podcast essentially is an education platform for us to go and teach people you know, how to create really good content. Yeah, I think you nailed it and very clear and precise. I like that. I could have said that. I mean, how did you decide, or from your point of view, what makes this a good niche for a podcast? 
Yeah, it's really funny. I guess going back into the history, um, I had the other podcast that your te- amazing team is, was helping us with, um, marketing from the trenches, looking at the numbers behind that and some of the results from that, it just got a little bit, I think we were a little bit too broad in terms of, you know, one week we'd be covering Facebook chatbot, another week we'd be covering agency growth and it's just too many different topics. So when I looked at the feedback I got from, from the people listening and also looking at the target market we were getting into, it just wasn't quite the right fit. So, you know, my mission is to help small business owners because that's the background I come from. And so I think I was missing the mark a little bit. So with this one, we looked at, well, in terms of marketing going in, into the future, what's a really key component that small business owners are kind of struggling with? And one of the answers was, well, standing out, right? Because people are pumping money into Google as Facebook ads, but just not getting results. It's getting harder and harder. So for us as an agency, when we look at it, we, we say, look, content is the best way to really just get the results that you should be getting. So the content's hard to do or people think it's hard to do. So that kind of was like the sweet spot for me, like the right audience, a big problem that people were trying to solve. And we were at the forefront of it. Well, we are at the forefront of it every single day. So um, kind of just all lined up perfectly. It really did. And I think you just nailed something that I want to come back to because I think a lot of podcasts are suffering from this at the moment of going too broad. I've seen quite a few shows in the last 12 months either end or just really hit like a stagnant zone because they haven't been able to connect well with an audience. I'm really, really curious. I mean, first off, I think it was very smart of you to uh, take that feedback on board and make change. But I'm curious where you think the sweet spot of finding that niche is. Like what's too broad a niche today and then what's too narrow a niche today? That's a good question. Well, in terms of what we were doing, it's like looking at marketing in general, that was way too broad. There's so many different elements of marketing that you could be covering. So many people doing different strategies. That was just not the right thing to do because what applies to one business, for example, what applies to an e-commerce business is completely different for a business that needs leads. So that for me was like, we weren't, we didn't have a specific audience because even though we said, hey, small business owners, there's so many different types of small businesses and the strategies that they use for marketing is super Super different. So I guess the reason why we decided on content as, as a niche was because even though we can talk about different businesses like e-com, like you know, lead or service businesses, it's the niche problem or the one small thing that kind of applies across all of it. So um, I really wanted to make sure that we hone the message down. So anyone looking at it says, yep, I know what the problem is. I know what you're offering as a solution. Therefore, I'm going to listen to what you've got to say. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm biased. I was involved in these decision makings. I'm involved with this show, but it's like, I really want the listeners to understand that because there's some shows out there right now that I think are really suffering from this. And then on the other side, when we were talking about this niche, it was really interesting that like, why not just do like emails or why not just do copywriting or why not just do social posts? And I I think a really interesting dynamic is the idea that if you're a business owner who's making content today, you're probably touching all these types of content and you actually need them to work together. So it's about that specific human who's having to deal with, or business owner, I should say, who's having to deal with the things across there. So the market's in mind, we've nailed out our market. And then we've also thought a lot about like how we want this person to be better off for listening to this show. I think they're really two critical questions that come into podcasting itself. Now, I want to talk about format a little bit here, Will, and it's like we we elected to do a video podcast. From your perspective, why didn't we just do audio? Why have we pushed for video knowing that it's more work? 
Yeah, so we took a long-term view and also a very marketing approach view to it. Uh, for example, when we run campaigns for our clients and ourselves or some other products at the moment, we noticed that video is just working really well across you know, Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, so we could do do audio only, but then first of all, you lose, you know, there's a lot that goes into kind of seeing someone and actually seeing how their body is and body language during the podcast. So first of all, you lose that element. The second element as well is if we get videos and snippets and things like that, you can so much more easily promote that on social media, say on LinkedIn or on Facebook. You can drive ads through to these videos as well. Whereas if it's audio, it's not really conducive to advertising. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty aggressive in terms of the targets that we set for ourselves. I always want to be moving forward. So for me, it's a matter of, well, I don't want to spend as much time waiting for this show to, to grow organically. I'm a big fan of spending advertising and getting to scale and reducing the time it takes to grow it. So um, video just made so much sense when you look at, look at it from an advertising perspective, as well as you know, just having that interaction and, and kind of body language going forward. It's an interesting one. <sighs> to put it in a nutshell, I just think audio podcasts are so much harder to promote. I'm not saying impossible. <laughs> I'm definitely not saying impossible. There are strategies and ideas. And if you have existing leverage or assets in place like email lists or you already do videos, you can definitely do well. But if you're starting a new podcast today and you don't have that brand leverage or it's a new brand, I think video would have to be on the must do, even though it is a lot more work. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I have a bit more fun do, doing video too. Um, for some reason, by my nature, I just, I'm not a huge fan of phone calls and I'm not a huge fan of just a voice in your ear. So be, being able to see your face, Charlie, and being able to see, you know, smiles and laughs and stuff like that. I think for me, it's just a bit more natural, keeps the conversation flowing a lot easier as well. Well, once upon a time, Will, I used to do an audio show and we didn't actually even record with the video. And I realized there's so many facial cues you get when you can see someone. So routinely, I would struggle to see if someone was trying to like eye me off of like, oh, no, I finished talking. You need to cover this. <laughs> or um, they would, we would cut each other off because I think they were done and you over talk where you can't see things from there. So video format is how we're going about this podcast. I, I mean, I'm really curious from here. So this is a new show. It's going to be on all the audio platforms and video platforms as well. But how are you thinking about growing this show? So we're starting from scratch here. Where do you think the most important points are or the most important things to do are so that this thing kicks off with a bang? There's a few. So um, I, when we look at clients, you know, campaigns for clients, the first thing we do is what assets have you got already? So I've, I've, I've got a bit of an email list. It's not a huge email list, uh, but they're very engaged. So we're getting, you know, average open rates about 35, 40% because uh, we write some pretty good emails. So immediately there's a lot of messaging that goes into that list saying, you know, I just sent an email out a few weeks ago saying, hey, I'm killing the podcast. Here's why. And that got a lot of curiosity. So that transferred a lot of the goodwill and a lot of the listeners from the old podcast straight into this new one. So that was one way for us to get kickstarted uh, kick and grow you know, listenership. Um, another way is advertising to the right audiences. So for example, we've got some pretty cool guests on so far. Um, you know, obviously yourself included, Charlie, Ew. but also people like <laughs> James Schramko, um, and, and Mike Rhodes, who are some of the best business owners, best entrepreneurs out there. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to take snippets or the gold from those interviews and actually use money to promote those in front of their audiences. So it's kind of leveraging their brand, leveraging you know the audiences they built, but also giving great value and content and hopefully bring them back to our podcast as well. Mm. Do you know what I love about that? It's something I you know, was speaking a little bit into before is that if you're going to start a new podcast or even relaunch the podcast you have, 
the first place to start from a growth perspective is, is getting the most out of what you got. It's leveraging those existing assets. So you've got that email list. It's re-engaging with them and getting them excited for the new podcast. And then it's leveraging your network. Like there's some fan, like I've already seen the James Shremko episode and I've listened to the Mike Rhodes one. And like, they were both really strong gets and really strong interviews, but they're people you'd spent years already developing relationships with so you could get them on the show. So for the person listening right now going, okay, well, where do I start? I think point one that me and Will both agreed on was leveraging existing assets. That's the place to start from growing a show or putting it together a new show. The second point there is I noticed we both have a bias towards paid. We quite like a paid traffic approach to growing a podcast. I just think that uh, there's a lot of opportunity right now and using snippets. So I'm wondering, um, this is a common theme actually, Will. This has come up a few times on this podcast already. Can you explain that strategy in a little bit more detail about pulling a snippet out and then using it to run ads and grow the show from? Yeah, sure. So in... In, in a nutshell, the strategy is, for me, the way I, I look at it, and I'll use two examples. Use the example that we've got with James Ramco's episode and one where it might be more generic. So for example, um, in theory, you know, if I'm interviewing James Ramco, who has just amazing following, is an amazing entrepreneur, there's a lot of brand value and a lot of authority built into the fact that I'm talking to him on this podcast. So what we do is we take out some of the most interesting bits. Um, so kind of like teasers, you know, when big movies and big block, blockbuster films roll out, they do like a two minute teaser. You see them everywhere. It's, it, it's an ad, um, but it shows some really good parts of that episode. So we kind of use the same principle. Okay. So this is like a, tr just to really break it down. This is a trailer for the, the main movie in retrospect. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't actually gone to the cinemas in a while. So yeah, uh, trailer is a technical term. <laughs> kind of like, you know, the funniest bits or some of the best bits. It's the highlights. It's the highlights, right? To get them interested and curious about what the entire episode is going to be about. Uh, we'll go into platforms. So one of my favorite platforms, you know, has been for a while is LinkedIn. The LinkedIn paid platform is starting to come up. Um, it was pretty horrible for a while, but it's starting to get better. So we'll just put the, that video onto LinkedIn. We'll put some budget behind it to get it seen in front of the right audiences. So there's a whole bunch of different ways to target that. We'll do the same for Facebook as well. And we'll put it in front of them with a call to action of, hey, if you want to catch the full episode, here's the links in the comments below. So then you'll get them to come through. They'll click on it, come through the whole episode, and hopefully, you know, maybe subscribe, download the episode and just keep listening to everything else that you're putting out as well. On the idea, this is a strategy that's worked for multiple of the clients at Bella Media, And then we also have uh, other podcasters we know that are doing it. This is obviously weighed in heavily to us doing it on this show. So I think it's going to be a great way to kick it off. And I'll also flag one of the ones I'm, I've got on my radar for testing on this show, Will, is Twitter ads. We've recently mm. had quite a bit of success with using Twitter ads to a podcast. I think there's a lot of untapped opportunity. I'll report back on that one though, because it's only been a few weeks we've been running that, but maybe after we've ran some of these ads, I think it'd be a great idea if we could report back to our listeners here and let them know how this is all kind of gone. And guys, if you are listening to this podcast, this is one of the things. Me and Will are doing this episode to talk about our plan to go about content-driven business here. We are going to report back. There will be future episodes saying how things went. Maybe some of these ideas work really well. Maybe some of them not so much. And we might need to readjust and attack them along the way or adjust, get us back on course. So that's the paid approach there. From an organic perspective, is there anything you're eyeing off at all, Will, or is there anything you're leaning into in these early stages? 
Yeah, there is. And I just remember that I forgot to talk about what happens if you don't have a James Tramco on your podcast. So I oh, let's the go there. Let's go it. there first. <laughs> and we'll come back to this. It's a great question. But um, you know, the thing that I was going to say, if you don't have a James Tramco or someone famous on the podcast to launch it, I mean, we're extremely lucky that we, you know, that James helps us, helps us out a lot. We're extremely lucky in that sense. But if you don't have someone like that, you can do broad general targeting. So um, you, know, you can put a little bit of money behind it, send it to different audiences on Facebook, and kind of just test to see what interests get you the most value and what interest gets the most people clicking. Um, and then what you're doing is you're building your intelligence and building your data set every single week and using that to get more and more results for, for the podcast. But very similar, um, you know, if I didn't have someone like James Franco to promote to his audience, I'd just be looking at generic audiences that I can make my own. Do you know, do you know what's interesting on that? Because I think most people, a lot of people do have a network, but for those who don't, I think one of the things you really have to pay attention to is the hot topics. Like what are the topics mm -hmm. that your audience really wants to know about where they're willing to forego a trust signal of someone they respect. So if you are really identifying the problem well, so if you've got that burning problem uh, down pat, I think you can still do really well even if you don't have a big name. I think if you're just answering that really strongly, it can be your best friend from there. So that's if you don't have a guest there, um, lean into the topic and making sure that you're covering things that are really important. Okay, so we'll come back to organic now. Organically, where are the places we're looking to take advantage of growth for this podcast? Yeah, so organically, I feel like it's always good to leverage what other people have got. And by that, I mean you know, um, other people's email lists, other people's databases, other people's followings. So for example, if I was going to uh, have a guest come onto the show, what I'd do is I'd ask them to promote it to their list as well. So you know, it, it does make them look really good, obviously, as an authority. It's added, added value to the audience. But at the same time, it just gets you in front of a whole new audience as well. So leveraging your guests and, and the list that they're bringing on, I think it's always really good. Another thing that's a little bit more manual labor, I guess, is you could go into Facebook groups and post about some of the content that, that you've got. Not all groups like that kind of stuff and not all of them allow you to do it. But if you're coming from a value-driven angle where you just want to share the value to the members of the group, that might be a good way to do that. Um, and people will definitely engage with what you've got. So those are two you know, strategies you can use almost immediately to grow it organically. So just to recap there, there's kind of two. We're going a paid approach to get aggressive on getting the video snippets out there and then organically what we're looking at doing with this podcast is guesting strategies. So that's bringing guests on and leveraging their audience or people they know and then reversely us going on different podcasts and promoting the podcast. And just for, um, I call it the irony, that's actually what we're doing right now is we're talking about this podcast on my podcast so that we can get people to be aware of it and leverage it into another show. And just on that note, guys, the name of the podcast is Content Driven Business. If you want to take part in this experiment and be on the journey with us of growing this show and see it, head over to your podcast app right now and search it. The first two episodes are up, which you can get involved with, and you'll get to see some of these strategies just roll out in live time. So you get to very much be a part of of the experience. Okay. So that's the growth perspective we've just kind of leaned into from there of like the initial stages of growth. But now I want to go into content um, and talk a little bit about that because there's a, there's a couple of things I think our listenership will find interesting here is like, number one is we're co-hosting. 
this is a podcast where you and me are planning to get on regularly and that's a huge huge part of the actual podcast itself but it also has guest episodes as well and then i believe there's even one in the recording bank here of a past one that we may or may not release down the road of solo episodes so why have we mixed these ones up why is it not just the standard play of like let's just do interviews so this was a big learning that came from uh, Marking from the Trenches, which is the first podcast we had. Um, what happened with that one? It was really interesting. You know, the podcast listenership was great. I think in six months we got a thousand or so downloads, which uh, you know might not sound like a lot, but we were we were kind of like a little bit of a niche podcast, um, and it wasn't that heavily promoted. So I was pretty happy with that. But the problem was a lot of the episodes came through, and it was really about. Um, there wasn't as much of an opportunity for me to share some of the ideas I had that I've seen working. So it might sound a little bit like, hey, I want to be the start of the show. It's not kind of like that at all. There were just so many different ideas that I really wanted to dive into, but people don't necessarily just want to look at your face for half an hour while you go really deep into the topic. So I really like the energy of being able to talk to someone else and bounce ideas off someone and have a conversation. So for me, it was always about look, how can I have that same dynamic and same energy, but at the same time, really be able to talk about some of the topics I'm really passionate about, like copywriting, like emailing. Um, and that kind of wasn't happening with having the guests on the show because obviously if you go to guests, you really want to hear from them. So that's kind of why we decided it might be good for us to, to be co-hosts because there's so much I want to find out about podcasting and you're the expert. And I can really ask you deep questions about that. And on the flip side, you know, there's a lot we can go into with copywriting, emailing that uh, we get the chance to explore because we are on so often versus having a guest on every single show. Oh, I want to go a little bit deeper here because um, funnily enough, my first podcast failed because of this reason. And I'm going to put it into a bracket of um, using the term you used. I wasn't the star of my own show. I'm going to be real with you. The idea was that when guests came on, I spent all my energy and effort making them look great and talking about the topics they wanted to talk about or the books they'd release or the courses they made or how they were winning, that no one actually had a reason to work with me. <laughs> and um, of course, you only learn this after you're um, like 50 episodes in, Will, right? Because that's the smart yeah. point to learn it. <laughs> um, and again, this is one of the common pitfalls with a lot of podcasts today of like, well, why aren't people buying from me? And it's like, well- why would they buy from you? What have you done or released in your podcast which has given them a reason to work with you? Like what have you demonstrated or showed your authority on where you are the person they would want to work with? And I've very much taken that lesson and put it into the design of uh, the business of podcasting, so the podcast are on now. But I also feel like this is something that a lot of people need to think more about. And whether it's bringing on a co-host to talk about the topics they want to talk about, doing solo episodes, if you can do it and maintain people's attention, could be a really great thing. Or doing teaching lessons rather than just kind of bringing that person on. And I'm, I'm really, really big on helping people see how they can be the star of their own show, so to speak. Yeah, the way I kind of looked at it was if you've got guests on all the time and you're making them look good, you're more of a scale of, of you know, Joe Rogan and kind of Tim Ferriss, right? Where you're making the money from the podcast on advertising and just traffic. The thing is though, like not everyone can be those guys. Um, for us, you know, being small business owners, every dollar, you've you got to account every 
minute of effort, every dollar of investment, you've got to kind of account for that somehow. So for me, like I, I know for a fact that the podcast was good, you know, good, really good feedback on the content, but unfortunately the content wasn't, the podcast wasn't self-sustaining. And after a certain amount of time for us, it's like, well, the investment, we've put in a lot of investment, both in terms of time and also budget and advertising, and it wasn't quite there. So that's what I looked at and said, look, I love podcasting. I want to do more of it, but we've got to figure out a way to have it pay for itself. Yeah, it's got to be able to connect the dots. I think connecting the dots between your podcast and your business is just so important for the success of it. And I'll, I'll use the example here is like I have a podcast talking about podcasting, irony intended. Um, and then I also, as a business, sell podcasting services or products. And I just go like it really connects the dots on the benefits there. And if that gap is too big, like if you're doing a broad marketing show and then maybe you only offer, I don't know, just email writing, it's going to be very hard mm. to bridge people through that over time. Like I think it's it's not as direct. But I think it's the perfect segue into my next question around the idea and plan of taking people from raving fans of the podcast into the email list and business. So how are we thinking towards this or how are you thinking, I should say, Will, about taking people from the content-driven business podcast onto the email list and then into the business? Yeah, so I looked at it from a, a customer perspective because that's kind of how we plan everything. So my thinking is that if someone listens to the podcast, they like the content and they go, wow, that episode on, for example, let's just say email sequences was amazing. Next thing they want to do is implement it into their business. Now, the problem is just from a half an hour or an hour podcast, it's really hard to know step-by-step step what you need to do to set up a really good email sequence. So my thinking was if someone's in that position and they've got even just a little bit of money to invest in their business, their thing is like, how do we accelerate the path to, you know, from where we are to where we want to go? So for us, the natural way to do that is, well, why don't we just give you some of our best templates and train you on how to use them effectively uh, effectively in in your business. Um, so for us, it's a really easy transition from here's information, here's what we like to do, here's how we like to write it. If you want the templates, if you want the training to, you know, shortcut your your learning curve and get the results quickly, we've got a really, really very affordable membership that you can jump straight into. So that's the kind of transition for us. And at that point, the money coming from the membership just sustains the podcast, you know, pays for the servers and hosting and all that kind of stuff and really makes it commercially more sensible. I want to go over that connecting the dots bit again. Sorry, the connecting the dots mm. bit. I don't know why I mumbled that. I've had a bit of challenges <laughs> on this podcast. And even again, I need to watch how I'm slurring my words here. But when you look at it is that you said something there where, where it's like you're addressing a problem on a podcast episode. So let's say it's emails. So writing great emails. And then you're creating a way for someone to do it better, faster, or more conveniently um, with a template and then giving them the training with that template to achieve a result in their business. That is like absolutely how I think about podcasting. Like in a nutshell is like how uh, in sync that whole setup is, is someone's better off for the whole experience. And it's such a way to actually get someone a result in a certain area. So I like the way that's synced up. And I, I really want to reinforce that because in a lot of podcasts I see and a lot of the ones I review, it's it's missing in a big way. And there's always this question of like, why aren't people buying from my show. Now guys, as I've mentioned, you can head over to Content Driven Business and you can take a look at how all these pieces are connecting together. And we, we might even make a template of this to give away on Content Driven Business Will, just to really emphasize the point again here on how that could all come together. Okay. Now I want to come back and think about like one of the questions I commonly get is like, how do you decide what topics you are going to cover on the show. And like, we've just talked about one. How are you thinking about that? How are you deciding what 
makes a worthy topic for the podcast? Yeah, so I'm pretty lucky in that I do a fair few events, uh, whether it's just attending event um, or speaking at an event. So I see a lot of the topics that people are talking about on stage, which is always a really good indicator because if someone's going to put a speaker on stage about a certain topic, there's obviously some kind of some level of interest on that topic. Um, one of the things that we did for one of our last episodes was I looked at the reactions of the crowd to certain topics and to certain things that were said during the presentations. So that was really interesting. And we just took it back and discussed it amongst ourselves. Um, you know, things that are happening at the moment or trending things in, in, in the industry that you're talking about, that's always good as well. And even just some teaching episodes where, um, you know, for example, when I talk to you about podcasts, you know so much about it that the basic stuff that, that you know that you think everyone should know, not a lot of people do. So it's even diving into really, you know, really good topics at a basic level, but just covering off some of the some of the basic stuff that you think people do do know, but they actually don't. So there's so many different ways into it. I think for me, uh, coming up with a topic or an idea for every single episode is actually the easiest part of it because there's just so much knowledge that that I think that will be good to share and just so much I want to learn from my guests and you as well. I think that's actually one of the easiest parts for me. Isn't that interesting? I know some people really struggle with that. It's quite, it's quite fascinating that when we started talking about the topics we were going to cover on this podcast, I, I had that moment when I realized I was asking you things that were basic for you that were actually complex for me. <laughs> like I had that moment. Um, and the topic we were talking about is is emails. So we'll, we'll use this one as the example. Um, I asked Will the question of like, you know, what does a week look like for you with emails? Like when you actually get to your desk and you're looking at it and like, you know, you're going to go about your emails, like what does that week actually look like? And I realized when I asked you that question that you were so on autopilot that you were like, oh, actually, like we do, and you dropped like this massive amount of knowledge around, okay, well, we do two emails a week at a minimum. We send them at these times. This is the type of things I'm using or where I'm going to use stories or not use stories. And I was just like, it felt like I was drinking from a fire hose, in all honesty. I realized how much I didn't know about that topic. And I think it's pretty um it's pretty common in podcasters to have that experience on their topic because they're just operating at such a level above. So you've got to kind of peel that back sometimes. So Will, that is my final question. We've laid out a game plan of how we're going to attack content-driven business. And I want to encourage people to come on this experiment and pay attention to how we're going about this. We will report back stats and where the show has gotten to by using what we've gotten to so far. I'm also happy to take suggestions. So if anyone does want to email me or for something we could try on this show and you could see the results, I'm open to that as well. But this has been a whole bunch of fun. Will, where can people come and check out the podcast? And of course, we'll make sure to put some links in the show notes as well. Perfect. So best places uh, on YouTube, Content Driven uh, content driven Business, iTunes, Content Driven Business Podcast, and the site itself is contentdrivenbusiness.com. So um, yeah, just, just, just head across to the site will be the best way. You can get the resources that we talk about on the site as well. Um, otherwise, you know, your favorite platform to listen to us or to kind of watch us, YouTube would be the best bet. All right, guys, this has been another episode of The Business of Podcasting. I would normally be promoting my own show here, but I want you to get involved and see us grow this podcast in live time. So head over to Content Driven Business or search it in your podcasting app, and I hope to take you on this journey with us. So thank you so much, Will, and thank you for sharing so openly what we're getting up to here because I think it's going to help people dissect a lot of things they will execute in their own podcast. Pleasure. Thanks for having me back on, Charlie. 